What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a bonus edition, episode 61 of the DFS Dose podcast, or 62 perhaps, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, as always, joined by the two Jays, Joey Carrion and Jared Marcus. Gentlemen, we are going to be breaking down this three-game Saturday slate on today's show. Our usual main slate breakdown will still be coming out on Friday morning, per usual, but today... We're going to be going game by game, just like we did on Thanksgiving, looking at you know what I think is a pretty straightforward slate. We've got three games, one with obvious shootout potential and a ton of fantasy plays. We've got one with very little appeal, and then we've got sort of a wild card game to cap things off in the evening. So it's going to be an interesting slate to look at. Uh, prices are pretty condensed. Um, but yeah, but before we get into everything, Joey, do you want to tell the people how they can support the podcast? As always, you can support us by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. That's where all of our content gets posted to and is the best way to keep up to date with us. Also, you can watch the full video on YouTube at the DFS Dose. And if you want to listen to the audio version, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, don't forget to subscribe, share the podcast, leave a like, and sail to the money with us every single week. Absolutely. Let's get right in to the first game of the slate. 1 p.m. We've got the Bucks hosting the Texans. Uh, this game has by far the highest total on the slate, 49. Uh, there's been some interesting line movement. Jared, do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, I mean, on some, I saw on one website the Buccaneers opened as a favorite, as a one-point favorite, but now they're up to a three-point underdog so a ton of money is on the texans a ton of bets are on the texans um as it should i don't know how the buccaneers ever open as a favorite with godwin most likely gonna miss evans out for the season done um scotty miller now out for the season i mean i don't understand that but whatever whatever i mean i guess they're just Recency, I guess the yeah. the Buccaneers just blew out the Lions, and the Texans got blown out by the by the Broncos two weeks ago. So I mean, I guess, but this doesn't really make any sense. But I mean, just smash, just smash the Texans in every way, and the bets, yeah. the bets, the fantasy plays. I don't. I, it's just silly. This is, you know, the game, the clear game to target. It's got the most uh, back and forth potential, I think, by a wide margin. As it stands right now, we've got uh, the Texans with an implied total of 26, Bucks with an implied total of 23. Um, you know, obviously that's a low number considering the way that this team has been performing, especially passing. Uh, but, you know, like Jared said, they're significantly depleted on offense in terms of pass catchers. So we're going to look at some value here. But, you know, just in terms of the best two quarterback plays, on this slate, it's pretty clearly Deshaun Watson, the most expensive at 7K, and Jameis Winston at 6.9K. Uh, who's your Who's your preference here between these two guys? I mean, for me, I, I think I would lean um, Deshaun Watson in this case. I mean, the $100 difference isn't much. Um, I think it's just a spot that Deshaun Watson can put up a solid, you know, 30 to 35-point game. But with that being said... Jameis Winston leads all quarterbacks in basically every, you know, passing metric, passing yards. He's up there with touchdowns right next to Lamar, um, pass attempts, air yards. Um, 
a dot all of that so i mean i don't think you can go wrong with playing either i think this will be obviously the highest scoring game on the entire uh three game slate and it's just about i mean who you prefer i i think i would go watson but i love winston as well yeah, what do you think, Jared? I'm probably going Watson just for the sole fact as we have DeAndre Hopkins waiting and building up a fat shit to take on the Buccaneers. So there's going to be that. And they have two burners on the outside with Stills and Fuller. The Buccaneers are not going to be able to yeah. contain these guys. And on the on the opposite side, we have Justin Watson running routes. We have Cameron Bray and... O.J. Howard most likely coming into every set. They said they needed the throw to their running backs more, so that means a ton more touches for Ronald Jones. So, I mean, all they could take the skill of all those guys, and it still wouldn't it still wouldn't equal DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just going with the skill against a bad defense, and yeah. ex- how extremely more talented Watson is, and the biggest part. The Texans need to win. They need to win. That is They're going to step that straight on true. these dudes' throats. If they win, I'm pretty sure they win the division because of the tiebreakers. I'm pretty sure, I think. I'm not 100% positive, but I'm pretty sure if they win, they're in. <clears throat> yeah, um, but definitely they, they have a lot to play for because they could definitely still miss the playoffs if they lose this game and the Titans... Um, you know, continue doing what they're doing or, or the Steelers or, or whomever. So um, I definitely agree. I think Watson is the better play. Like, yeah, Winston has been prolific this season. I mean, I, I heard on a podcast, I'm not sure I didn't confirm this, but I heard that he was the only quarterback in history to throw for 450 in two yeah. straight games Yeah, uh, in, in these past two. So, you know, that's amazing. But, I mean, you can't really understate the loss of Godwin and Evans. And, like, I like Watson, uh, you know, not Deshaun, uh, Justin Watson on this slate specifically, you know, Brashad Perryman ran, you know, hotter than the sun itself, you know, catching three touchdowns on five receptions last week. I don't think that you can bank on that to happen, but you know, even with the injuries, Jameis is still going to sling it, you know, that's all he does. That's what this offense is built for. And, you know, we heard, uh, Winston had quotes, uh, saying, you know, how they're going to throw more to the tight ends. Arians had quotes, like Jared said, talking about throwing to the running back. So, you know, they're still going to be slinging it in this game. There's a ton of back and forth potential. And then looking at some of the skill position plays, you know, Kenny Stills, we have to wait, I think, to see the ownership because Kenny Stills can only go off when people are off of him. If he's a popular play, he's clearly going to bust. Like, yeah, like we know that to be yes, true. Right? That is 100% true. I'm never playing him if he's chalk ever again. Just he's so bad. But then you know, just randomly he goes off for two touchdowns, which is annoying. Yeah, and and you know Will Fuller, who has you know a pretty substantial target share and a lot of upside, I think is in a really strong range. He's right there with Perryman, five point nine k for Fuller, six k even for Perryman. I think that's going to be you know, a choice that we have to make. And, you know, personally, I would lean fuller. It's, it's you know, not, not like either matchup is imposing, but, you know, the Bucks for wide receivers, it's the stone nuts. So, I mean, I'm very comfortable playing Hopkins and Fuller in the same lineup with Watson yeah. and just, uh, you know, sort of sailing to the money off that, I think. Yeah, I think this has, you know, a potential to have a Will Fuller, you know, 40-point game um, going up against the Bucks, But 
just in terms of both pass defenses, the Bucks and Texans have bottom five pass defenses, um, with the Texans allowing 10 less yards uh, passing per game than the Bucks. So I, th- I think it's an equally good matchup for both Winston and Watson. And I think um, even with the loss of Mike Evans and Godwin, I think uh, Winston still has a good chance to, you know, throw for over 350 yards and three touchdowns to some of these uh, backup guys like Perryman, Watson, Bray, O.J. Howard, etc. And um, with that being said, O.J. Howard is a stone lock at tight end, 4K. Going going up against one of the worst defenses against tight ends this year, um, just lock him in. He's going to have a bigger, bigger target uh, share this week, obviously, with the two uh head or two head guys out so locking oj howard and move on at tight end heard so play cameron bray got it yeah i mean you know bray's always good for a good troll touchdown yeah easily mm-hmm. and i'm personally not playing fuller like at all just because well, you don't want 40 points in your lineup then heard. i mean the thing is like if i had to choose between fuller and perryman I'm taking Perryman, not because of what he's, not because of what he did. It's because first, I don't play people who are injured. Foley has a hamstring injury, and all he does is run fly routes, that could easily f- flare up at any second. Second, if we think the Texans are gonna blow them out, my first thought is DeAndre Hopkins, so I'm gonna roll Hopkins. And if Winston is going to throw it 55 times, I'll take 55 chances to Perryman over 55 chances being split up between Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. That's just my thought. I feel that, I'm taking Perryman over I think, Fuller. I think you got a – I mean, you know, Fuller's limited in practice, and they're saying it's a hamstring, but, you know, the hamstring injury is what he returned from, and he pl- immediately played 94% of snaps. So, I mean, this could easily just be a maintenance day, and that's simply what they're writing on the practice report. So, like, Yeah, because they didn't practice. You know, right. So if he's going to come back and, and be, you know, in 90-plus percent of snaps, like I'm not worried about – an injury, especially if we're talking GPPs, because, you know, he legit has, you know, we've seen it this year, he had a 50-point game. So, I mean, in terms of upside versus price, he's got to be up there at probably the top option, I think, on the slate. But Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I'm just not, I just, you know, that's just how I how I go about it. I mean, but, hey, fuck it. I mean, he if he's playing and he's out there, he's he might be hurt, but, you know, he's not injured, I think. Personally, there's a difference between the two. But just in general for this game, I think you play the quarterbacks, you play the wide receivers, and fade the running backs because they all suck. Um, Carlos Hyde is washed up. You know, Ronald Jones is trash. I wouldn't mind playing Duke Johnson, but I don't think you really need to. The washed Carlos Hyde, who's over 1,000 yards and five touchdowns on the air, heard. Yes, he sucks. Yeah, he's, he's having a... The dude that just had a... He, he looks better he than He just had 100 loved. yards and a touchdown last game. Heard. You know, washed up. Yeah, he's, much tougher spot this week. Much tougher spot this yeah, week against the Washed Bucks. up Carlos yep, Hyde. Num- got it. Number one rush defense. So you just fade all the running backs Why? in this game Why and all just of them, play though? the pass catchers. Why not catchers? play Duke? Be, uh, you know, he I don't he just doesn't see the ball enough. Yeah, but if they can't run the ball, so you're basically if they can't run the ball. You, why wouldn't they throw it? 
I mean, they're throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Darren Fells. Um, you never know. Duke Johnson is very overlooked. Duke Johnson two weeks ago just had six targets, and then or two weeks, three weeks ago had six targets. Two weeks ago had eight targets, and then last week and then la- he had a bad game because Carlos Hyde went crazy. <laughs> well, just looking at the entire season, he's had um, mo- mainly games with under three catches or less. Yeah, but here's so the thing: if I don't think- they have a good run defense. They're not going to jam the ball to Carlos Hyde 20 times. Right? So that means they're going to bring in a pass-catching running back if they're going to be throwing the ball. And this is a three-game slate. We need to find a value player. And And looking at the rest of the slate, like, there's really – it's really, really thin at running back. So – you know, I, I kind of don't like either of Hyde or Duke, but I do think that one of Jones or Barber has a lot of potential. They're both really cheap. Jones is 4,400 and Barber is 3,900. They have pretty much an even, you know, workload in terms of usage on a week-to-week basis. Um, I mean, I don't know how you pick between the two. I think in tournaments, you know, Ronald Jones has a little more upside, a little bit of a better pass catcher, but, you know, I think two weeks ago, Peyton Barber had two touchdowns, right? So, um, or three weeks ago, sorry, against Jacksonville. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I think that you look at those guys and maybe just play the one with less ownership, which I would expect to be Barber in GPPs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Barber will obviously be the least owned guy pretty much out of all these uh, top guys for the running backs in this game. But, um, just in terms of tournaments, I just don't believe that, you know, these four guys have enough upside or a ceiling for that uh, matter to win you um, a tournament on this three-game slate. That's just my thought on it. All right. We can move on to the, uh, you know, the game in the middle here. We've got a division matchup, second time of the year. We're going to see the surging Buffalo Bills versus the Patriots in Foxborough. Um, in terms of this game, we've got uh, you know the lowest total on the slate, 37.5 as of right now. Uh, Patriots are 6.5-point favorites at home against the Bills. Um, you know, this, this is a rough game. You know, this is a game with two elite pass defenses, and, and you know, I, I don't really think that there's very much you can look at in terms of fantasy in this game at yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, you have... The defensive player of the year on one side, and then Stefan Gilmore on the other side. Yeah, um, yep, yeah, that's definitely true. You have the best quarterback in the AFC East on one side, and then you have a noodle arm on the other side in Tom Brady. Yep. Confirmed. Um, you got Smokey Brown going against up and washed Stefan Gilmore. I mean, yeah. there's like there's a lot of reason to not play this game because it's ugly on both sides especially on the Patriots side because I mean imagine cheating to beat the Bengals yeah and, and barely yeah, squeaking barely by squeaking right by. Dalton ahead you, you also you also forgot having an elite uh white slot receiver and then also having Jordan yeah Altman. exactly <laughs> yeah the best rapper in the game that is no um, cap so Zero. I mean and then you have a good running back, and then you have a tandem of a bunch of trash bags on the Patriots side. So, I mean, 
this seems like a clear i mean we're not really doing best bets but bills plus six and a half easy money right wait you said bills plus six and a half or bills money line i yeah. thought i heard bills money line so well, i mean you could go that just smash too. the bills money line and the under because it's going to be a 31-0 game yeah yeah no i could i could see it i could see it um so, what do you think about this, Joey, as we toss it to our, our resident Patriots fan? <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, it's the ugliest game out of the three on this slate and probably won't target anybody in this game. Um, I think Edelman does have some appeal in tournaments. Um, just just seeing crazy usage this year. He's been one of the best uh, wide receivers in the NFL uh, this season. And he's only 6400 so obviously they decreased his price for the matchup as he was, you know, sitting around 7100 7200 for the last couple of weeks. Um, so I, I think you could go to Edelman. Um, I think Cole Beasley is obviously in play. I think the, the weakest part of the Patriots' uh, secondary is definitely the slot. Um, so I think Cole Beasley uh, can... Uh, can work the middle of the field really well in this uh, spot. But other than that, um, there's not really many guys that I would target besides maybe uh, James White at running back. Um, you know, Beasley uh, is a man who loves the spotlight. Last time we had a three-game slate on Thanksgiving, he went had his best game of the season, six for 110 and a touch, 26 DK points. I think we're looking at a similar situation here potentially as a guy that's going to go definitely overlooked in an ugly game, but... You know, you didn't mention the best play, you know, at running back on the slate, and that is Mr. Devin Singletary, right? I don't, I don't know how you overlook that. He is, he's the play. He's the play of the week, I think, because people are going to want to fade him. People are going to want to fade the Bills on the road. But, you know, I mean, you said it was the weakest part of their secondary in the slot, but the weakest part of their defense is their run defense, right? And they got, they got gashed by Mixon last week. And Singletary is playing on like over 80% of the snaps in pretty much every single game now. He's got a good, you know, he's game script independent. They'll throw it to him. They'll give him 20 touches on the ground. And, you know, at 5,500, there's not really many bankable options on this slate for 20-plus touches. There's really Todd Gurley. And then, you know, Mostert in the late game has a chance to do it. But I think Singletary behind Gurley has the most secure workload of any running back. You know, if you're playing cash, I think you jam in Gurley and Singletary and then move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for this slate specifically, I'm focusing on trying to bank a tournament. Um, I don't mind Singletary, obviously. Like you said, the Patriots' rush defense is definitely the weakest part of, you know, their defense. And he's been seeing... A lot of touches recently. Saw what twenty-one rush attempts last week, a couple catches. Um, but it's just like uh, I don't. I don't love the spot. I think the Patriots are going to uh, dominate this game. You know they're at home, second division matchup should be pretty low scoring affair. Um, just don't know if there's really any accessible ceilings for any players in this game besides Edelman, in my opinion. I mean, Joe, you might know better than I do. I mean, is Edelman, like, seriously injured? Because we saw, you know, he's been pretty consistent. Then he was a true game-time decision and then had five targets and two receptions. Um, you know, they're listing him with a knee and a shoulder. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
Like, it seems like against a pretty good defense and potential serious injury and and what we saw last week from him, I don't know if we can really look back there, especially when he's priced above guys like Robert Woods, Perryman, Fuller, etc. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's week 15. Everybody's, you know, hurting right now. But he's just still going to go out there and play. He's going to avoid, you know, the Trey White coverage as he plays in the slot. Trey White plays on the outside, obviously. And um, I think this is going to be a game where, you know, the other receivers aren't going to be able to get open against, you know, some of these good Bills uh, secondary players. But I think Edelman can expose the slot and uh, the over the middle against the Bills defense. So I, I, I do like Edelman, but like you mentioned, he is priced above, you know, some guys like Perryman and Fuller who have higher ceilings. So, I mean, it's just... If you play Edelman, it's just leverage off those guys. And um, his ownership will obviously be depressed on this slate with, with those guys uh, being priced lower. Um, but it's all about, you know, who you prefer, honestly. I think Edelman has a good matchup this week. Jared, Sony Michelle, we were talking pre-show. You got interest in Sony at 4.6. <laughs> yeah, he is one of my favorite tournament plays. Because no one's ever going to play him because nobody thinks of Sonny Michelle anyways because he's – honestly, he is garbage. But the way to attack the Bills is on the ground. Tom Brady's hurt. Edelman's hurt. This is going to be a check down game and running up the gut game. And that's why I love James White and I love Sonny Michelle. I don't even mind playing them together, together to be honest. James White is insanely consistent. I think he has one game under 10. Oh, two games. I think one game he yeah. got hurt. Did one game he get hurt? Oh no, that was a that was, was a rainy Dallas. Dallas game. So yeah, he just wasn't using. That yeah, game. so he had two. He has two games under eleven point nine. Two games. It's just consistent. And that's what you want on a three game slate. And he has upside. I mean, he's put up a thirty seven point game. I mean, it's it's one great game. But if he gets in the end zone, he could easily have a twenty point game. And that's what I'm seeing here. I see a lot of checkdowns because Brady Brady is kept in checkdown, first of all. And with Edelman hurt, I wouldn't be surprised to see Trey go in the slot a little bit and and cover Edelman. Yeah, that wouldn't that would that wouldn't shock me at all. Because I mean it, it would seem like kind of a waste to put the best corner in the league on Mohamed Sanu. Right. Yeah. Put in the yeah. defensive player of the year on a on a scrub. That doesn't make that doesn't make any yeah. sense. So it doesn't. It yeah. Doesn't so um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. So I I love James White here, and I love I love Sony Michelle. I think Sony Michelle gets and he falls into the end zone, and that's all you need. Maybe. Yeah, he twice. could. It literally could be a a classic Sony Michelle game that killed me in one of my weeks this year, in season long, where he had like forty yards with three touchdowns. So yep, week week seven against yeah. the Jets, uh, forty two yards and three touchdowns, and I think that you know last year this is about the time that they started ramping up Sony, and then all throughout the playoffs they just gave him a ton of touches, and you know with Brady struggling and this offense hurt, I I, I definitely think there's a lot of reason to like Michelle. I mean he's cheap, forty six hundred, and we're talking about you know a home favorite running back facing a team that has an elite pass defense, so. I mean, Sony Michelle seems like a clear play, and, and I would agree. Unless a bunch of people in like the industry start touting him all week and, and he gains some steam, he, he should come in at extreme low. Yeah, for sure. And, 
good leverage. For sure. I, I'm i probably going to lock him into all... I'm not playing many lineups, but I'll probably play like five, and I'm just going to full lock him in. Because that's yeah. just a leverage play I want. <sighs> yeah, it I like might that. not and work, but it could. The, the best defense is the Bills, right? The best defense for the price... I think I'd probably just rather get the get the uh, guaranteed turnover with the Texans. That could go for six. For for three hundred more, because this dude Jameis literally just stole the interception on the first drive to hype himself up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the defenses are pretty condensed in price, except for you know we have the Bucks at the Stone Men at twenty three hundred, and I don't think you can play them at all, especially with you know. You know, two to three Texans. You know, I actually, you know, in every lineup, but the Patriots at 4K is going to be popular in tournaments. Actually, I don't mind the Bills. Because I don't, I honestly don't see either team putting up over 17 or even 20. I mean, I don't mind the Bills. I would probably play the Bills over the Texans, actually. The Bills' defense has been good, like fantasy wise. Yeah, for the last five weeks, they put up 10 and more. Just as like a, it's kind of more of like a fan thing. Um, the Patriots usually fare well against the Bills at home um, over the course of the last couple of years, but that's just like watching the game type thing. Obviously, each season is a new season, but yeah, I know, but it's kind of different. Uh, they usually play well. It's different now. With... I, mean, I don't think you can count pre Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I forget. Yeah, I was gonna say y'all haven't hyped up Josh Allen. Yeah, wait. We're in the segment, talking. I it's, mean, we're not done yet. No, no, no. We, we're no, done. we're on Sony Michelle. We haven't got to Money Man yet. I mean, look, you know, Josh Allen, clear baller, definitely the best Play QB em. in the AFC East. But Play yeah, em. no, I mean, I, I'm not playing. Why not? I okay. Mean, I have. Okay. There I mean, we go. Why not? Time to move why on. Why not? Tell me why. Why not? It's time. It's time. We're going to see on national TV Brady kneel down and hand the torch to Josh Allen. Yeah. This yeah, is this is, is this is the time. This is the time Josh Allen rolls into Foxborough, takes his dick out, and pisses all over these guys. And you know, the the great thing that's gonna happen is next week when the Patriots lose to Miami and and the Bills secure. Yeah, the and then Brady and then Belichick trades Brady for Josh Allen. And Joey's... I mean, he would need, like, five first-round <laughs> picks for that to be even value. But... Joey's gone. Yeah. He's left. He'll have to show. Yeah, but, uh, no, nah, I'm not playing Josh Allen. I wouldn't I wouldn't play... I'm not playing... The only people that I like in this game are James White, Cole Beasley, and Sonny Michelle. And then the defenses are fine, but I'm also not paying 4K for defense. I like the Bills' defense. Uh, I could see him getting one or two yeah. sacks, maybe get a turnover. It'll be it'll be a low scoring game. I don't mind it. I think they're going to be pretty popular. They will. I think the Patriots will be popular too because they had a big game last week and people, you know, we we'll get we'll get more, uh, you know, what's the word? Like just more common people playing on a game, on a slate like this on fish. a Saturday, you know. Is that the word? <laughs> fish, yeah. Yeah, just like not, you know, non-super competitive people. People are just going to be like, oh, Saturday, three-game NFL slate, let's go. But let's move on to the last game here, starting to run a little bit long. Again, we have another division game for the second time around this season. And this game is kind of a wild card because I think, you know, there is potential for it to be high scoring. 
I wouldn't expect it to be high scoring, but you know, we do need players outside of the Texans Bucks game. And I think that there are much better plays in this game opposed to the game we were just talking about. So we've got the 49ers at home against the Raven, or I'm sorry, against the Rams. Uh, and total is at 45. It's dropped one point since open and 49ers are six and a half point favorites right now. So uh, what do you guys think about this game? How's the weather looking? Because it doesn't look very hot right now. I mean, it's in California. It looks like yeah, it's, it's it is forecasted right. for rain as of right now. So if it's not really too concerned with weather, if it's good, well, you should be. That's that's kind of silly to say. No. If it's no. raining pretty heavily, like I'm gonna lean heavy on Mostert. Um, I mean, I'm all over Mostert. And Kittle, Jimmy G's pretty solid. I'm not playing golf. Golf is the new era. Big Ben on the road. Um, I like Cup. That's really it. I'm full fade Gurley. I'm not that he is not good. He is the definition of dust. Yeah, I mean this dude Kittle is coming off of a 17 target game. You know, a little bit ridiculous against. Uh... Atlanta. I don't know if we can expect that again, but you know, I think that there's like two ways this game plays out. I think it could either be a back and forth, and I would definitely not expect it to be that way with Goff on the road. Goff struggles on the road. He struggles under pressure, and you know, this sets up to have both of those things working against him. So yeah, I mean, definitely Mostert. You know, Matt Breida fumbled twice last week. You know, that could definitely you know, put Coleman as the number two in this spot, but, you know, Coleman has been far from consistent. So I think Moster is probably a super solid option. Todd Gurley, like you mentioned, you know, if you're playing cash games, you have to jam him in because he is, you know, playing 100% of basically the snaps. I think he ran uh, every single running back touch in, in last week's match, you know, which just confirms what the Rams have been saying about recommitting to him. So, you know, Gurley's probably the safest bet in terms of workload, but it's not a good matchup for him. And and yeah, like like Jared said, he's kind of dust. Yeah, major dust. Uh, yeah, Todd Gurley. I mean, <laughs> thanks. With Todd playing with playing Todd Gurley, you're gonna get you know ninety five percent of the running back snaps. You're gonna probably get fifteen to twenty, you know, twenty two, twenty three touches on a three game slate where there's really no running back options that are you know appealing. Um, on a team that can put up a lot of points, yeah, it just seems uh seems like the right process to fade that. For sure, um, what's the problem? I mean, do you, Joey? Would you expect Gurley to outscore Mostert in this spot? Outscore who? M- Mostert, Raheem. Raheem. Um, I mean, it all depends how the game plays out. Okay, got Apparently, it. I, th- I mean, I think Todd Gurley will have more touches than Raheem Mostert because just the way Kyle Shanahan uses his running backs, he's not going to give 20-plus to Raheem. He's going to, you know, work in Breda and Coleman, although they've been only getting, like, four touches here and there, five touches. I mean, if they both get five, that's ten touches taken away from Mostert. Um, and, I, and he's not really using the passing game uh, that much as well. So, I mean, I like Moster as the second-best running back just because of the lack of options, but I think Todd Gurley is clear-cut the number one option 
on a three-game slate. Only at 6,300. I think you just got to find a way to fit him in. I think it's uh, pretty easy with the options at receiver that we have. What are we doing at receiver in this game? Because... You know, Cooper Cup had that really alarming uh, stat line like a week or two ago where he played like 20 snaps or something like that and, and just like didn't see the field. He was back up over 90% of snaps again last week, but his target share is just, it's just not what it was to open the year where he was extremely consistent. I mean, you look at it since uh, week 10, he's had one game with 10 plus targets, everything else, you know, three, four, six, four, six. It's like... He's just not getting those looks. Robert Woods is clearly, you know, the go-to option now in, in this phase of the Rams offense. And then we've got Brandon Cooks, who, you know, was basically just bankable for a 1,000 yards per season every year until this year. And now he's about to close out two games left to play, and he's got 500 yards and one touchdown on the season, all the way down to 4,300. So, I mean, I don't really know what to do with this. Cooper Cup still seems like the guy – with the most upside and Robert Woods is like the safety blanket at 6,200. But I mean, it's just, it's just a tough spot. And, and Sherman, Richard Sherman does look like he's on track to return in this game. Yeah. I mean, I think both of them will avoid Sherman though, as you know, cup and woods play in the slot a lot. And on those two uh, wide receiver sets, cup isn't going to play. It's going to be woods and Josh Reynolds out on the two wide receiver sets when they're, you know, gonna yeah. try and run the ball and establish um some play action <clears throat> so i think woods is a better play for 400 less than cup um but with that being said cup still has a higher ceiling in my opinion we just haven't seen it you know in a while now after his tremendous start to the year um but all in all i think you could play some of these guys i think some of the the uh, Niners receivers are appealing. Like Sanders at 5.5 definitely has a potential to put up a high uh, score, reach a ceiling. I think Debo is also in play at 5.1K. I don't think um, many people will be on him with uh, Justin Watson coming in a couple hundred dollars cheaper. Um, I don't know. I th I'm higher on this game than you guys, I think. Um, I, th I think this has back and forth potential and i know jared goff is not as good on the road than he is at home but I, I i still think he's serviceable and can put up you know 24 28 points in this in this spot that's fair i mean if you had to pick one between sanders and debo where would you go there because that i think you know i think one of them could definitely snap and i think both of them will be you know barely owned yeah, I mean, the ownership will definitely be down on both of them. And if I had to just choose one, you know, price not included, I, I mean, I think I would go with, I mean, uh, it's tough. I'll go with Sanders, I guess. I, I like both, though. What do you think about the receiver spot in this game, Jared? Oh, it's gross. Um... I mean, you're just going to get these Niners players at low ownership, especially with the game being at 815, and they have the second-highest team total on the slate. So I think this is definitely a spot to capitalize on for tournaments, in my opinion. Here's the thing. with So with the Bucks game being first, it actually is perfect for tournaments just to fade so you don't I'm I'm not game stacking that box game. I'll probably have three players max. Maybe four. 
I'm not gonna full game stack it with six or seven players like a lot of people are gonna do because a lot of people will game stack it to see them at the top see themselves at the top of the standings and feel better about themselves and all these all these people that don't play um DFS usually they're gonna see the Bucks game as the first game and they're gonna be watching it and oh Hopkins scored a touchdown look honey I'm in first place and then at the end of the night they're not cashing because they left George Kittle out of their lineup so I'm gonna be heavier on this last game. I like this game. I think Jared Goff sucks on the road, so I'm not playing him. I'm not playing Dust Gurley. I'm gonna play Cup. I'm probably gonna play one of Debo or Emmanuel Sanders. Probably Sanders. I like him a little, little bit more. Cause I don't. Well, actually, I don't know. Cause J Jalen Ramsey is gonna probably shadow him into the slot if I had to guess yeah. so you would so think. I might play Debo or even Born. Born will be a Born will be literally probably 1% so I'll probably play Born. price included Born is probably my favorite without price I probably like um, yeah, he's he's dirt cheap yeah I like Debo um yeah so I'm Debo Kittle Moster Born. I like uh, Cup, and then I guess a little bit of Woods. You could always take a shot on Cooks, but I'm not playing. I'm not playing Golf. I'm not playing Gurley. I'm not playing Higby. I'm not playing any. Not playing nah, I'm Higby. playing Kittle. Kittle or Bray. Those are my only two tight ends. Uh, I mean, I'll just say it right now. It's time to load out the two tight end in this week uh, it'll be contrarian as it always is and you know no joke for the price included and for their roles on this team Higby and Kittle are two of the highest upside plays on the slate I, I definitely like uh you know playing both of them in the same lineup and you know Joey called called Howard a lock earlier I mean this dude Higby is like the definition of a lock um I mean he's only you know one one k more and, I mean, three straight 100-yard games since he's taken over this role. I mean, we're still waiting on the Gerald Everett news. But, I mean, he's essentially the best tight end in the NFL over the last three weeks. And, you know, I don't, I don't see that being any different in this spot if, if Everett's out. So, I definitely like him for 5K. And, and Kittle, obviously, is, is a beast. So, um, I'm all over the two tight end stack to sort of differentiate your construction. I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I like Hegby a lot this week i'm not playing higby just just seeing you know like a 26 percent target share over the last three weeks like you said he's gone over 100 yards um matchup is obviously concerning but the niners are really hurt on defense so i like some of these rams players and like jared mentioned these guys are just gonna want to boost their ego and you know stack the early game and see themselves on top of the standings for sure like that's so a real I, thing like <clears throat> you see it more in nba where these guys stack like the first seven o'clock game and you see it in and, and in baseball like nobody ever plays the dodgers because they're always on the west coast or whatever and they play at night and they're like the best hitting team in the league like nobody wants to play the late games because nobody wants to wait and see what the players do i'm down i'll wait all night i'll play them wait all night yeah for i'll play a midnight game if they had them i'll stack every midnight game <laughs> I'm down to wait. This is a good game. Right. It's too good. I mean, well, the Rams are, you know. The 49ers are good, you know. Let's play the 49ers. Yeah. Also, they still have a lot to play for trying to get that 
uh, for yeah. solo seed. But we can wrap this show up uh, before we do. Just give me your top uh, GPP stack of the week. You know, something a little bit contrarian. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to get you know contrarian on a three-game slate unless you play some of these scrubs like Josh Allen. Wow. You know, it's John Brown. That's um, insane. Watch your mouth. But, I, I mean, my favorite would be Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, stack him with Debo um, and and some uh, Kittle action. Oh, yeah. By the way, Jimmy G might be the best, one of the best plays on the slate. Probably the best play on the slate, ownership-wise, point per dollar. <laughs> for real. No, for real. Only if plus point per dollar plus ownership, everyone's gonna play Winston or or Watson. Who's to say Jimmy G can't get twenty five? If Watson and Winston get thirty, like who cares? You just save fifteen hundred dollars to spend on Kittle over Higby. You know, something to think about. But my GPP. So what's your GPP stack, Jared? It's gonna be Sony Michelle James White running back with Cole Beasley. Nobody will play that. Mm, I like that. I like that. And for me, uh, it's also going to be Jimmy G to Kittle and bring it back with Higby. Two tight ends get that differentiation gross. there. Um, it is It is a little bit gross. But that's what we've got for you. Hope everybody has a good Saturday slate. You know, enjoy the, enjoy the extra day of football and then come back. Sunday, make sure you check out our usual full breakdown of the main slate on DraftKings. It will be out tomorrow, Friday uh, morning. And, yeah, uh, let's sail to the money. You're...